Hallelujah. Can you lift your hands to Jesus? You are my hiding place. You are my deliverance. Fill my heart with songs of deliverance. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust Take us to the place, uncharted courses in the spirit. We avail ourselves to you, O oh God. Oh, in this fast-changing world, we avail ourselves to you, precious Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Your name is exalted above every other name. We give you praise, we honor you, Lord, in Jesus' precious mighty name. And all the saints shall say, Hallelujah. You may be seated. Amen. I'm so glad to see mommy. It's been a while. Hallelujah. Very soon, Corona will be over. Oh, I said very soon, Corona will be over. Hallelujah. For many reasons, I believe this is a face. And God is giving the church victory. Oh, you didn't see him, and I said, God is giving the church victory. Hallelujah. And we are glad to be here again. So glad to see Pastor Isaiah also. So glad to see all of you. Hallelujah. Now, tonight, I know that you have so much on your heart in regards to marriage and ministry. Say marriage and ministry. Marriage and ministry. Now, this is a very important subject. Very, very, very important subject. And we are praying by the grace of God that God will give us grace and revelation to handle this. 
Amen. Now, so when we say marriage, we know that marriage is not a governmental institution. It's a divine institution. You must understand that marriage, though it is ratified by the state, is not an institution originating from the state. Marriage is a heavenly institution designed by the divine purposes of God. God arranged marriage. God developed marriage. God created marriage. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 2 that God was the one who said, it is not good for man to be alone. He will give to man a helpmeet. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He will give to man a helpmeet. And when God, who decided to give man a helpmeet, brought the woman, Adam by revelation, because at the time the woman was coming from Adam, Bible says Adam was put to sleep. So Adam does not know the process by which Eve came. But when he woke up by revelation, he sat up and said, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. For this cause shall a man, he didn't say for this cause, he says, a man shall leave his mother and father and shall be cleaved unto his wife and the two shall be one flesh. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, what marriage is, what marriage is, gamos, gamos, is actually the joining of a man and a woman to become one flesh, ratified by the ordinances of God. So, having understood the basis of this institution God set up, Paul in Ephesians 5, 30 and 31 said, I speak of a mystery. I speak concerning Christ and the church. So Paul spoke about the same thing that Adam said in Genesis and said, from I think 20, yeah, 31. Yeah. Paul said, for this cause, for this reason, a man shall leave his mother and father and the two shall be cleaved together and the two shall become one flesh. So Paul now uses the word for this reason. Why was he using for, the, for this reason? From Ephesians chapter 5, 18, he speaks about how the Spirit gives us capacity for human relations. So he said, do not be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be being filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking to yourself psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, making melodies into your heart, in your heart unto the Lord. He says, submitting yourselves one to another, and speaking about how we have to submit one to another then verse 20 says that giving thanks for all things unto the father of all things then he comes to speak in from from verse 22 how that the man or the woman ought to submit herself to a new husband as unto the law so he starts human relations from the family husband and wife after we are drunk with the spirit he starts the submission process submitting yourselves one to another so Everything that proceeds after this definition of submission is on the remit of the influence of the Spirit. And he was saying that submitting yourselves one to another is a united um, co-submission reality. But he started defining it from the family, from the husband and wife. So after defining all of that, he comes to end chapter 5 by saying that this is the reason for this submission there is a reason there is a cause the man and the woman will become one and the two become one flesh and bible says the reason fundamentally is this i speak concerning christ and the church 
So the man and the woman was a foreshadowment of the, the union between God's creation and himself. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 54 says from verse 5 that our creator, which is God, the Holy One of Israel, is our husband. Hallelujah. So what Jesus, or sorry, what the Apostle Paul was saying was that there is a reason. And the reason is this. God wanted to show the highest form of intimacy, which is between a man and a woman, a husband and a wife. That is the highest form of intimacy upon the face of the earth. And he chose the husband and wife, man and woman, to typify God and the church. Hallelujah. Please, are we here? All right. All right. I'm trying to follow the synopsis they gave me so that I'll stay in, in, in point. But there's also another issue. Ministry. Ministry. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, the verse 10, the same that descended first of, it said the, face that, the same that ascended first of all descended. And when he had ascended, he, into the heavens, he filled all things and he gave, he gave gifts unto men. He gave some as apostles, some teachers, pastors, evangelists, and prophets for the perfecting of the saints, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And what? Next verse is what? 13. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Beloved, the moment you get born again, you are in ministry. <laughs> Let me start by that. <laughs> Every one of you here is in ministry. Otherwise, then some of us must give account. Others must rest. But the fact that we all give account means that we are all in ministry. <laughs> Your life is the ministry. Your life is the ministry. And what is this ministry? The service of Christ. How do I mean? He said, do you not know that you have been bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body and your spirit, which is the Lord. So your honoring of God with your body and the spirit is the ministry. What is the honor? Dealing with your body and your spirit as is owned by God. So if the owner doesn't approve, it is not ministry. Anything con ayah, Bible says in Ecclesiastes 12, 8, vanity upon vanity, all is vanity. That's what Ecclesiastes 12, 8 says. Can you shoot it for me? Put that scripture there. With a powerful scripture we quote when we are frustrated. <laughs> vanity upon vanity, all is vanity. Life is vanity. <laughs> Ecclesiastes 12, verse 8. Chapter 12, verse 8. Yeah, vanity of it says all is vanity. But let's go to the Amplified. I'll show you what the scripture says. Some of you don't understand. Don't just assume. Go. See what it says. Vapor of vapors. Futility of futilities. Says the preacher. All is futility. No, this is not what I'm looking for. There's a version. I think the classic Amplified. Yeah. Do you have the classic one? It says, whatsoever is not done by the direction of the Lord is futile. There's a version that says that. Futility of futilities, yeah? He says that whatsoever is not done by the leading of the Lord is vanity. Because, beloved, whatever God does not lead you to do and you do is vain. It's vain. <laughs> it's vain. It's vain. Half remember what the scripture says in the Psalms. He says, I think Psalm 127. 
Can we go there? Psalm 127. I want to show you something quickly. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. So it means that even if God does not build the house, there is a labor that will happen. Many people quote the scripture thinking that when God is not part, it won't work. No. There are some things God is not part about to work. He said, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the, so it means that there is a certain kind of labor, but the labor is vanity. Once it's not instructed by God, it is futile. It is waste of energy. Beloved, your life is for God. This is the ministry you have been given. Oba, shaker. Listen, you must know that you are owned by God. Every step, every move is the ministry. That is the ministry. How did Paul speak? He said, oh, I wish you to know, oh church, what is my sunesis, my understanding concerning the mystery of Christ? Paul began to communicate to the church in the book of Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and began to communicate to them and said to them that God has made us able ministers of the new covenant. And what is this new covenant we have received? The service we have received is the service to serve Christ. So every time I choose God, every time I choose the leading of the Spirit, every time I choose the leading of Christ, I am serving Christ in that action. This is ministry. Because look at what he said though. He gave some apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors to equip the saints who will do the work of the ministry. So the work of the ministry is done by the saints, not the pastors. In a football team, who plays the match? The players. This is what it is. Can I ask you a question? Have you ever seen a shepherd give birth to a sheep before? It is sheep that give birth to sheep. So when we are talking of church growth, it's not too much of the pastor's work. The pastor's job is to provide fodder, grass, Hey, but it's the member's job to bring other sheep to come and graze. <laughs> it's the work of the ministry. Are you here? Please wave your hands to the Holy Ghost. So we are all in ministry. I, I, we are all in ministry. I want you to get that right today. Because you see, when you read that scripture, it puts comma. No. In Ephesians chapter 4, 11 and 12. There's no comma there. It's one long sentence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no comma there. For the perfecting of the saints who will do the work of the ministry. So there's no comma. It's not equipping the saints. No. They, they are the ones, according to Ephesians 4, 12. Yeah, 12. There's no comma there. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, there's no comma. For the edifying of the body of Christ. So it's one long sentence. Say, I'm the one who does the ministry. What did Ephesians 4 say further on? Verse 13. Look what 13 said. Till we all come, not till the pastors come. All of us come. To the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And look what it says, verse 15, 14. Till we henceforth. No longer children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine or every cunning craftiness that lies in wait to deceive. But we may grow up into him in all things, even in love, in all things, even into Christ who is the head. Then the Bible says in verse 16, from whom 
the whole body fitly joined together and is compacted. So he's saying that the word compact is made strong by that which every joint supplied according to the effectual measure or effectual working in the measure of every body part. So beloved, he's trying to tell you that the ministry grows when you are praying in your room alone. No cell acts individually without the body. A cell that acts without the body makes the body cancerous. So your prayer life in your room is what makes the church strong in prayer. It's not when we come and get to see. No, no, no. That's why. I love the scripture so much. He said the body is compacted by the effective measure in every member part. So the church's like a desical attitude is your like a desical attitude that is supplying to all of us. That's why when someone's not coming to church, hold him by the neck and say, Guy, you are giving us stress. Yeah, because that's body mechanics. The church must come to, I pray that this generation eh, will come to the revelation of the body of Christ. One ministry closed down is a ministry that's going to be closed down soon. Because for all you know, these people must be masters of prayer so that we can do prophecy. Otherwise, if they close down, you alone, you add prayer to prophecy. Then another ministry closed down in word. You have to preach, pray, and prophesy. You are stressing yourself. The organ will be getting weak because he's doing three people's job. We are all in ministry. I want you to understand this as basic. This teaching about, you know, we are the pastors, you are the members, it is what Bible calls in Revelation, Nicolaitanism. The doctrine of the Nicolaitans is from two words, Nikos Lyos. Nikos means the prestigious first ones. Laos means the people. It means there was a separation between the best and the least. So at that time, when the church was merged with the state, they declared that when you are sick, you go to the doctors, right? When you need to build a house, you go to a building constructionist, right? The same way when you have spiritual problems, you must come to a pastor. So at that time, the state paid a pastor. He was on government salary. So at, in the time of Constantine, in fact, in the 1,200 years of dark ages, from AD 319 to 1517, before Martin Luther had his encounter, pastors were on government salary. It means that in government description of public service, pastors was part of it. So if today you are looking for work in government sector, pastors would have been part of the list. So it's the government that gives you salary. That's why Nicolaitanism came. So till date, people struggle to hold the Bible on their own. Because they were told that, no, this is the reason for the Council of Valencia, the Inquisition. It was a crime to hold the Bible because you are not given skill to interpret its content. Leave it for the pastor. So today the church doesn't know that your prayer life doesn't mean you are becoming a pastor. Today, start fasting on your own. And go to where? Charlie, what's up? I'm fasting. Hey, next week, Charlie, I'm going for prayer meeting. Hey, why do you want to become a pastor? We've been trained wrongly. It's body life. We've been trained wrongly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The church must be trained to a place where, beloved, someone is manifesting in church demons. And the pastor does not need to come to the person. Whilst you are sitting by a demonic manifestation, you just tap the person on the thigh. Hold it there. 
I don't have to come there. You handle it. And after you are done, say, let's continue the service. This is body life. Because God is bringing a church that has no superstar. All of us will be stars that shine glory. <laughs> no superstar. All of us will raise dead, but that's why today, if you notice, there's one thing that's happening. Everybody's getting revelation. Everybody's getting prophetic. Everybody's getting details. So nobody can say I'm the best. To frustrate you. Know your identity in Christ. I said, know your identity in Christ. Hallelujah. According, look, I want you to underline this one if it's your Bible. According to the effective working. So there must be an effective working. Effective prayer. Effective fasting. Effective outreach. Some of you are designed as bar stop and bass preachers. Effective working. Your ministry might not be known by all, but I pray that God will give you grace that your ministry will be known by God and it's enough for you. It's enough. It's enough. In fact, when you follow this principle, by the time you are being known by people, you even get somewhere, someone greets you. So many times I get somewhere, someone greets you, man of God, prophet them, I'm like, hello, have you met? Person goes, yes, 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 I met you. I say, oh, wow, 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 wow. You don't ever walk in there, like you feel that, oh, people know you in this airport. So they're just walking. You know, sometimes you can see a man of God at an airport. So he, he feels everybody should know him. So there's a way he's standing there, expecting, hey, brah. Bra. Tell your neighbor, bra. <laughs> Hallelujah. Understand this. Amen. And once you understand this, there's a supply. What did Paul say in Philippians 1:19? I know this your prayer. And the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ shall work for my salvation. <laughs> so Paul was in prison. Verse 20 says that I might not be ashamed. Paul was in prison. And he heard that the church was praying for him. And he says, I know this your prayer. So anytime you pray, beloved, Bible says there's, a, there's an ingredient of our prayer that supplies Jesus Christ. We, you have no idea. Some of you, eh, your, your service is not pulpit. Your service is kneeling. That's how you supply. Look what it says. Prayer and the supply. So prayer has a way it supplies to the saints. Kabara koshala. You are not an intercessor because they ask you to come and lead us to pray. You are an intercessor because anytime you come to church, you are asking the Holy Spirit, what is the need of this ministry? What do they need, O oh Father? Without the church knowing what is going on, you go and kneel down. Father, I pray. I pray. You see, this beautiful light, the reason why they are called spotlight, is not to make you look beautiful, it's to put you on the spot. And to put you on the spot means that whatever you have done secretly to expose you. Sometimes people think we are talking. It's easy to talk. No, there's ink. If you are talking without the spirit, you are disturbing our ears. Beloved, it's time. It's time to understand the reality of what God has given us. Say, I'm in ministry. Say, I'm part of the ministry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. But what is it then? If I'm part of the ministry, then I want to touch on something very important before I come to another group of people who Ephesians 4, 11 calls, joins and bands. So they are every part and they are people called the joins and the bands. These are the fivefold. The fivefold are the people we call the joins and the ligaments. They are the joints and the bands. 
Because if you've done a little bit of human physiology, you understand that in the joints are high-level vascularization. When we say vascularization, what it means is that there's a lot of nerves and a lot of blood vessels in joints. Yeah. So if you notice, when they're amputating someone's leg, they don't cut the knee. They cut a little before the knee. Because if you cut the knee, you are touching major nerves and major joints. Are you here? Re kababa. Speak in tongues, somebody. I want you to charge your spirit. Imbo kostale kefesenta la fatarata hasa. La flando frefesundelesh. Rifo godosista la. Pescatarastato rabasanta. Alright. Now, let me say this quickly. Let me say this quickly. Now, a proper single life. We had a meeting in the morning. I want to touch on it again. A proper single life will determine a proper married life. Your failure in marriage is not because of a demon. It's because of failure in your, your singleness. You failed as a single. That's the reason why you're struggling as a married singleness is not solved by marriage. Marriage actually does not solve singleness. It exposes your singleness. It will expose you. <laughs> so if you spend your whole time, Lord, when will my husband come? Father, Father, in the name of Jesus, I call forth the things that are not as though they are. Brother, sister, these are not things you call forth. You grow forth. You don't call them forth. Psalms of Solomon gave a proverb. We have a little sister. She has no breast. What shall we do the day she's asked in marriage? So it means that <laughs> somebody has come to ask this small girl's hand in marriage, but she hasn't got breast. It means lack of maturity is making them struggle to give you over for marriage. Your problem is not lack of opportunity. You are not growing into opportunity. Opportunities are not gone for. They are grown into. You can go for a, You can ask all the contractors. You can, I want this business contract. You go for this $5 million contract. When you go for the $5 million contract, that's where you realize that you have done a mistake. You can sweet talk all the panelists. But there's something, there's something left called 70% mobilization. You have to get 70% of $5 million. Though you have won the contract, you might lose it. Because you went for a contract, but you didn't grow to handle that contract. So you lose it. A lot of you go for marriage, but you have not grown into marriage. So you are holding something and it's shaking your hand. No wonder Proverbs said, the prosperity of a fool will destroy him. Mm. And we see a lot of fools in Lotto. I've always wondered, why are the lot of people not ever becoming millionaires? Have you ever heard a millionaire, a billionaire, Bill Gates, top 10 rich men who came to wealth because of loto? Because money that is ill-gotten shall fly away like a bird. Shinshima dear. To go like that. Because what is it? The man took loto got 150,000 or 150 million pounds. But he has not grown his capacity to handle such money. So he will lose it. The money can't stay with him. It will go. Useless investment. Useless things. Because he didn't grow into it. That's why money, money that you grow to get, 
You started your business. The turnover was $5,000. It went to $10,000. After 10 years, now you are entering $1 million. That process of 10 years will not make you use money anyhow. But someone gets $1 million overnight, he will lose it in two days. In fact, one hour is too far. He will lose it. Because he has no character to hold it. What am I trying to say? Of all the things that we have in this life, and certificates we get, you go to university, after four years, you get a certificate. Do you know, the easiest certificate to get in this life is a marriage certificate. All you need is to be 18. And two witnesses, and oftentimes who are not verified to be con- concerned with your life. Just get two strangers in the road. Or if you can even get to register general and ask for two security men to follow you as your cousins and sign on your behalf, you'll be married. Are, are you here? Now, even if you say that a driver's license can be got quickly, there's a bribe you pay, isn't it? But have you ever heard someone pay a bribe to jump a line to get a marriage certificate? No. There's no bribe in paying for my certificate. Just go, pay your receipt. The process is there. There's no nobody pays five thousand Ghana City to get a marriage certificate. It's so easy. That's why when people are even filing for visa, they go and marry. Like, oh, we are signing so on paper we are married. It's so easy. It's, it's, it's people even take it as a transaction on paper. Hmm. Now the, the shocking part is that. We come to the altar many times. And when we come to the altar, a marriage certificate is signed and given to us at the end of the service. Now, I've seen that many times, many times, many times over. So I've often asked that, what institution does this? For instance, you go to KNUST, and before you start matriculation, they have given you your final year certificate, first class. It doesn't happen like that. Obviously, we often say that Marriage is the only institution that gives you a certificate before you start. Isn't it? But let me shock you today. The foundation of that certificate is not giving you certification that you are qualified to marry. Hey, sorry, certification that you have done well in marriage or now, dear, you know all things you need to know about marriage. That certificate is not for marriage. It's actually a certificate certifying you have passed singleness. So what they give you before you start marrying means that you have successfully gone through singlehood. So now you can marry. So the certificate is not for the marriage. It's for your singleness. So what you are collecting before you start marriage is not a certificate that you have married. It's actually a picture of how well you were single. Some people can be single. They don't know how to be single. It's hard to be single. Oh yeah, some people, whilst they are breaking up, they are entering another. It's like, there is no day in your life. And they think it's a testimony. Like my brothers, I've never been single before. Oh, God has been good to me. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> you think it's a testimony. <laughs> so people are always overlapping relationships. They just can't stay alone. They can't stay alone. This marriage and ministry thing, I'm going to touch on some things. And you understand why. Now, Okay. Now, Matthew chapter 19, verse 3, Jesus defines singleness for us. 
In Matthew 19, 3, something happened. The Pharisees came to Jesus Christ. And they asked Jesus a question. Should we divorce for any reason? <laughs> for any reason. Because at this time, eh, when you even check the demographic of the time, in Jesus' day, divorce was very high. And the reason why divorce was very high was he says, no, from the beginning it was not so. Moses, because of the hardness of the heart. Now, what he was saying was that those times, when you come home and your wife didn't cook what you wanted, you can divorce her. You were going to work, those who are married, and it's like, you're going to work, and you're like, oh, tonight, Champions League will happen. But when you came back, you thought Champions League is about to occur. Some of you, it's good. Think about it, to drop in. Now, Champions League and UEFA, Benabao, there's a match. But by the time you go home, the woman tells you that, oh, my menses started. A man can divorce you for that in the days of Jesus. Like you didn't inform him, prior notice. We will divorce. Like your stew was full of salt. I would give any. No, am I the one reading it? The Bible said any reason. This is not sex or fornication. This part, he said the church and the, the world had gotten to a point where they divorced not because of fornication, for any available reason. You can lose your wife, you can lose your husband. Or he's talking to you and says, Ah, why didn't you cook my favorite meal? Then all of a sudden, your, your eyebrow lifts by mistake. That, that is a reason. You have lost your marriage. What do you mean? <laughs> but look at verse 4 said, quickly. Verse 4. He said, he answered and said unto them, Have you not read that he made them at the beginning? He made them male and female. He is talking about marriage. So I thought the right thing should have been, he made them husband and wife. But he said he made them male and female. What Jesus was trying to say was this. The problem for any reason founded divorce is because they didn't understand that they were first of all male and female. They didn't understand their singleness. The failure in your singleness is the bedrock for divorce. And I want to run through some very powerful points about singleness. Male means he's unique. Male means he's whole. Male means he's, in, he's, an, he's complete. Because let me ask you a question. When we say the two shall become one, the two shall become one flesh, do you know what it means? Are you here? Now, marriage is not an addition, it's a union. So with marriage, the mathematics is not one plus one. You know, people always say that. When you go to wedding, one plus one equals two. It's wrong. One plus one everywhere, from Mars to Jupiter to Earth to the Spirit to everywhere is two. It's not one. That's a wrong mathematics. In marriage, we are not added to. We are in union with. And union, the mathematicians will tell you, is multiplication. So marriage mathematics is supposed to now sound this way. One times one is now one. Hey. Yeah, I know you're MC. You did that mistake. Don't worry. We have learned today. We won't do that mistake again. Hallelujah. Now the mystery is here. The male is unique. Whole. Complete. That's why he's male. That's why I said from the beginning, he made them male and female, implying distinction. He made them male, specific to how he is, and female, 
He didn't say man and woman, he said male. And this male thing is the thing that no matter the surgery you do, you can't change. Your male, you see, your manhood is different from your malehood. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, Kalama Shandabasha. Speaking the language of the spirit. You can remove your breast and say now you have chest. You are not a man again. You are female in the spirit. Because male and female has to do with an integral composition of the spirit. Not their body. Hallelujah. Please, are we here? I want you to really follow me so you can understand the bedrock behind the crisis we face, especially when we become pastors, we enter the fivefold, we are seven in church, we are in the choir, and it's like, this thing is fighting my ministry. You know, my, my marriage is fighting my ministry. There's a reason. Your marriage shouldn't fight your ministry. If I let me say this emphatically, the safest relationship on earth ordained by God is marriage. The safest, most peaceful, most joyous place that God, a relationship God ever ordained in the spirit is marriage. It's what? Please, are you here? It's what? Marriage. The devil has made it look like we are not safe in our marriages again. The devil has made a lot of people afraid to marry. Because they are wondering whether when they marry, their ministry will continue. It's the devil's work. It has nothing to do with God. From the beginning, it was not so. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you here? All right. So he made them male and female. Now, this is what I'm going to say. And the Bible says in the book of Genesis, chapter 2, after he had made man, that he, the Lord, put man in the east of the garden called Eden. So he put Adam in a place called Eden. Now, the word eating in the Hebrew actually means pleasure, delight, excitement, abundance. And this is where he placed Adam. So the first place and the first thing God gave man was his presence, not a woman. The first God thing God gives you is not a spouse. It's his presence. When you fail to realize this, it creates problems that are ripple. The first is his presence. Why? Psalm 16, verse 11. In the presence of the Lord, he said, and I will show you the path, not a, the, definite. So there is the path of life. And the path of life says, I, he said, that you will show me, that shall show me the path of life. In the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures. Hebrew word for pleasures is at his right hand are Edens forevermore. Pleasure. Excitement. Peace. Comfort. That's the first thing God gives you. That's the first thing God gives you. Beloved, God gives you his presence first. Not a woman, not a man. Presence first. If you feel as a single, it will affect your marriage. Let me even dare say this. The goods you ordered arrives after marriage. So all the things you were looking at, you ordered it. When you put the ring on the woman's hand, it was the goods you ordered that arrived. And in the spirit, there's no refund policy. So whatever you have, you have ordered is going to stay with you. 
But the shocking part of, about that goods you ordered was a product of who you are. Let me give you a practical illustration. Remember that when you were in primary, Akosha was sitting by your side in the class. And when you see Akosha, something is doing you. I even wonder how at that age you have feelings. Like Akosha, like Akosha, Akosha is everything. You tell your mother that Akosia, I mommy, I'll marry Akosia at your age. Then we get to SSS. Won't go far, SSS. Then as soon as you see Akosia coming, and Akosia says, My husband, I say, No, you're not my husband. You're not my wife. Because Akosia is now calling you my husband. Because when we were in primary, we had this infatuation. But when we grew, your physique changed, your character changed. I even wonder what at all I liked about you. Then I carried this experience without realizing the sense of what just happened to my secondary school. So that's why a lot of us, when we were in secondary school, we had boyfriends and girlfriends. You can't find them on the radar in your life. They are not even on your speed dial today. It was a crash that was fleeting and passing through. Then after that one, that crash crashed. Then you now entered university. Uh That's the place. And it's like now you are an 18-year-old, 19-year-old, fresh-blooded, blessed brother of the Lord. And you get to the park and I told him, Now at that level, you are looking for a praying sister. Who will not make you fornicate? So as you see her on campus, then she also responds, You're like, This is my wife. This one I can marry. So you see that the papa of the group, the papa of the group is marrying the mama of the group. They are mama and papa. Because when they meet, we are sharing the scriptures. We are watching prophetic videos. We are praying together. Then after that also occurs. We finish university. And the vicissitudes of life will grab your leg. So the prayer papa is now in the bank. And for one year, he has not prayed enough. He is having prayer deficiency syndrome. There is defects in his prayer life. It's a long time he went to all night. So he goes to all night. And the painful part is, brother Oja has lost the Oja. And the brother he didn't expect to be serious is even the one leading him prayers in the church he just entered. And the painful part again is that as he is praying, he can't discover form. Pyre, pyre, and he's coughing. He's like, hey, is this me? This boy is leading us. And you like, you can't even recover from because it's been a year. Beloved, the body also learns spiritual motion. You have no idea. Sometimes it is not we bouncing like this, so it is movement in the muscles in the spirit. And there's something even in sports called muscle knowledge. If you are praying man, the reason why oftentimes, even when you don't think of doing it, your hand will get to your ear because it is praying muscle knowledge your, your hand will touch your ear these are men who pray but you have lost the fire you can't pray again then as soon as you lose the fire your doctrine begins to change so mama Oja, who was the mama of your campus ministry that you were the president 
and she was vice that you were dating. It's not working again. My revelation is not matching her revelation. You know what is going on? You are always choosing at the level you have grown to. So anytime you make improvement in your growth, you will discover what a choice I have made. And this is the problem with a lot of us pastors. We often choose at our spiritual excitement levels the way the lady can serve me in church. Yes, man of God. Man of God, I love your ministry. God didn't say marry a prayer mama. He said marry a wife. Let me tell you today, if you're a pastor in ministry, your wife is not supposed to be the prophetess because you are a prophet. She is not supposed to be lady reverend because you are reverend. If there is no call on her life, stop pushing the clerical on her neck. What will be anointing will become or send home kung fu. And your suicide mission, the rope of the clerical will be choking her. <laughs> a lot of you want to marry prayer mammies. Well, God said marry wife. He didn't say look for a praying partner. Of course, you must have a person who wants to pray with you. But don't go and choose a woman because of her. I mean, that's what a certain guy did. He was not attracted to the lady physically in any ways. And the lady only could sink. And when he married the lady, and I'll shock you ladies today. A lot of times you see the guys, I am a tanda, rebonda mama, lift your voice and pray. And it's their prayer band. They are in charge of the They don't do it in the household. They don't do it. It's here that they are compensating. So everything, lift your voice. Lift. You will marry him and adore him asleep. They're like, man of God, oh, may rest it, may rest it, may rest it. It's a lie. So if you make your decision based on a praying man, that's how one day you wake up and say, honey, begin to make some prayers. Because if you don't hear, your love won't come back. You need to hear prayer voice before your love will come back. An inadequate understanding of your singleness will cost you your foundation in your marriage. And the first thing you have to get right in your singleness is God gives you first his presence. Beloved, the next time you see a man who is asking you out, a woman who is trying to look like she wants to be in your life, ask her, what is your location? If the presence of God and her location are diametrically symmetrical, please avoid. Number two, they don't go and hunt for a man and bring him to the presence. You are in trouble. Because chances are that he will follow you just to marry you. But because he didn't discover the presence himself, when he is done marrying you, he will walk away back to Chelsea and Bassa whilst you are in church. He must find the presence. As the deer panted after the water blew, so shall my soul pant after thee. David was a man after God's own heart because he was interested in God's presence. He was searching. He said, my soul tested after thee, my flesh longed after thee in a dry and tested land where there is no water to see the glory as was in thy sanctuary. The man must love his presence. Time for me to go there. But you see, the presence of God is enough. Beloved, the presence of God is enough. Eden, a man must find Eden first, not a woman. If he does not find Eden, there will be problems. 
Nothing can, you, you yourself testify. You, there are things you want to change in your life. You still not be able to change. Am I lying? You have tried. You tried two months, you go back. So who, who are you to say, I'm going to bring Christian girls like doing that? You know, man of God, he's caring, he's nice, he's cute, he knows how to talk, or dress you. Say, 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 so, I, 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 and it's like, you know, he's not a Muslim, but you know, he doesn't even pray. He, 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 he doesn't do a lot of work, but his whole life he has stayed in America. You are defending. Look how you are spending time defending. Let him find the presence of God. Hey, I'm not saying that don't be an evangelist, sister evangelist. You just evangelize. But when you evangelize, don't think that because you are, you are evangelizing him so that you put him in your pocket. It's a lie. Because when a man finds the presence, nothing else matters. What do I mean by that? If you want to measure whoever you are bringing to church to know God, this is how to measure it. He will not talk about the proposal again. I remember one line in Charlton Heston's Ten Commandments. Zipporah said to Nefertiti that you lost him when you went to look for his God. That was when he lost the, the Egyptian woman, Queen, lost Moses when he went to the wilderness to look for God. And Zipporah said, I also lost him when he found God. When the man who is chasing you and says, I love you, I love you, when you bring him to Eden, and he really encounters Eden, you'll be shocked for three months, you'll not ask about the proposal again. Then he's finding God. Allow him to find God, because after he has found God, he will treat you right. Because when he's about to slap you, the Holy Ghost will say, that's how you will die. You, you don't know. No man who has found the presence of God genuinely will ever be able to lift his hand to slap his wife, because he has understood from scripture that he that loveth himself loveth his wife. So if I can't harm myself, I will never harm my wife. The presence is key. The presence is key. Find that first. Number two, after finding the presence, what did God now tell him? God now said to him, he says, Now, Adam, this is the job I'm going to give you. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. And all he gave him instruction. He said, Now dress the garden and keep it. After the presence of God, God gave him work. Never marry a lazy man. I'll come back to this work again in context to marriage and ministry. Never marry a lazy man. Mm. When I say marry a man who is doing something, work. Work, impla- in fact, the, the Septuagint explains work as egon. Egon means to become. You get the word ego, to be. So work is not what you do, it's what you are becoming. Let me even show you why you change jobs. Every time you are becoming something and you are in a particular job, the moment you become what the job you are doing doesn't, you know, like, you, you are, for instance, after national service, you start working in a petroleum company. Then as you are the petroleum company, you, you start going for night vigils, you are leading people to sing left, right, center. Though you are working in a petroleum company, you are becoming a minister, a minister of the gospel. So the more you are becoming a minister of the gospel, the more the thing you are doing is making you irritated. So the moment you become, you leave this job to find a job that matches your action to your being. That is why people change jobs. Because as long as you are becoming something, this one looks too, it's, it's frustrating. You want, to, you want to work somewhere where your action matches up with what you have become. So work is not what you do, it's what you become. 
So when I say look for a man who is not lazy, look for a man who has vision in his vision, in his eyes. Where is he going? He might not have a car today, but his eyes burn bright with vision. Pursuit. That's the man you choose. Not ambition, vision. Ambition can be found at any time. Vision is downloaded from heaven. Ambition can lead to death. Vision will always lead to provision. So if you don't find vision, chances are that all your investment will go down. Because he's, amb- he's ambitious. He wants to try everything. Every investment wants to put the money there. Vision. Vision. Ask that question. That's the purpose. Because, oh, let me say this, and I'll come back to it, but let me go further. Knowledge. Next one is knowledge. 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 Say knowledge. Now, your problem is not Satan. Your problem is not a witch. Your problem is not your auntie. Your problem is your father-in-law. Your problem is not your mother-in-law to be. Your problem is knowledge. First Peter 3, 7. It said, likewise, the women ought to dwell, the husbands ought to dwell with their wives, seeing that they are weaker vessels, uh-huh, in knowledge. First Peter 3, verse 7. Uh-huh, because they are heirs together of the grace of life. So you have to dwell with your spouse in knowledge. Knowledge means you need requisite understanding about what is going on. There is knowledge to attract. There is another knowledge to stay married. A lot of people don't know how to marry. They know how to attract a spouse. The woman at the world said, I have been with five men. So her problem was not attraction. Her problem was the person staying. You can wear all the heels and look nice and cute. There is the knowledge to stay married. Knowledge. Equip yourself. Read. Understand communication skills. Understand the reason why you do the things you do. Perhaps it's the way you were brought up. That's why you are quiet. Perhaps you're not quiet. Let me shock you. One of the things I've learned in marriage counseling is that there's what we call adaptive temperament. There's a temperament that you had with your father because he was very strict. And your husband might meet you very domestic girl. Cool, quiet. You know, there's something called domestic humility. Naturally gentle. Naturally calm. Naturally unoffended. Very, just say, the Jesus said, or Jew. Or Jew has that's what I like. Cool. Brother, if it's domestic, there's an expiration date. You will bring that woman to your house, and that's why you go like, ah, sister, you have changed. She has not changed. Environmental. Now she is in charge, so her real self will show. Perhaps she's a talkative all along. You never knew. One of the group of temperaments you be careful about is melancholics. They look like they don't talk. They can't talk, oh. Have you ever remember when you were in school? Quiet people. The day you see them talking, you're like, hey, so you two you talk. Melancholics talk to people they trust because they are very careful about secrets. So once you are very secretive like them, they will download. They will tell you everything. <laughs> Please, are you here with me? So knowledge is key. I'm, I'm giving you basics, okay? So you will understand that this basic of singlehood is actually because I, I mentioned and started by saying this. Now, no tree as, a, as an infant bears fruit. Trees bear fruit only when they mature. Are you understanding? So, obviously, your ability to choose a certain spouse is based on these things that you are building. You are built. Don't spend all your time. 
asking for God, when will I date? When will I marry? When will we come? Rather spend that time building requisite knowledge because there's a knowledge that is given for kings. Do you want to learn what mother said to him? That's Solomon's mother, Bathsheba. He says, it's not good that kings drink strong drink. So there is a knowledge that makes a king a king. Number two, he said, don't give all your strength to a woman as a king. So there was certain information that was necessary to make a person a king. And if a person does not know this, it's going to create a problem. Beloved, finally, and I'm, I'm touching on this finally, so I'll come to the marriage thing so you can understand the balance of all these things. The last one is emotional development. A healthy self-view. A lot of us don't have a good self-view of ourselves. Of course, because of probably upbringing and all that. Emotional development. Healthy self-concept. That's the reason why a lot of women can't submit. Because they feel that if they submit, their husbands will take advantage of them. It's wrong concept. That's why a man feels that a wife can never correct him. Like, I'm the man of the house. Who, who, how? Listen, if you are in the house and you are always emphasizing that you are the man of the house, then you are not the man of the house. Because if you are, you don't have to say, do you know who I am? I'm the head. The head does not need to tell. Can you imagine the head now telling the hand, I'm, the, I'm your... No. All the head needs to do is to think. The hand will realize that I'm being controlled. So if the head is now telling the hand, I'm your head, then the head is not being your head. Because it means that the hand is thinking with something else. <laughs> and the head is also acting with something else. So they are not connected again. Are you here? Please, are you here? Emotional development is key. Emotional Loneliness is not the solution. Uh, say, uh, marriage is not the solution for loneliness. Can I repeat myself? In fact, let me put it this way. Marriage will expose your loneliness. How do I mean? Do you know when you get married, eh, all your friends will back off. Your mother will back off. Your sisters will back off. Why? We assume your spouse is taking good care of you. Meanwhile, to your spouse too has backed off. So if you are going to be lonely, then marriage will show you the levels of loneliness. Some of the most loneliest people in the world are married. Because everybody has backed off. And the way you are married to, you can't tell anybody what you are going through. So you are alone. No friend to confide. Nobody is going to hear your story. Ah, because by the time you call prophet, tell them that, I mean, I'm, I'm lying down with my wife. We are sleeping. We are, not, we are calling me at 1 a.m. I'm asleep. In two clans, I'm a friend. You're like, hey, I'm going to disturb someone's marriage. I'm going to disturb someone's family. That's how lonely it gets. So marriage is not a solution for loneliness. I'm saying this to tell you this. If you're not emotionally developed to the point where you are happy without a man, happy without a woman, excited, full of vigor, full of drive. Do you know what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 7, the verse 34? He said there's a difference between a married woman and a virgin. A married woman has care for the world and for her husband that he may please him. But a virgin who is not married... Is one who has care for the things of God. Beloved, before you marry, there are some fastings you must do. Because after marriage, you will never do it. Oh, don't deceive yourself. But when I marry, I'll fast. It's a lie. Now you are fasting, God will be blowing soup and stew in your face. That's how you do Hareba Samba. Shikibobo Shaba. And your wife will say, honey, I go preach or chin out. They are very tired. There are certain signs and wonders we have to do. We have to eat for energy. Oh, it's true, it's true, it's true, it's true. You will break the fast. You will break the fast. 
No, no, no. Is it when you are married, you are going to do 40 days, 40 nights without calling your wife? It's a lie. You, you, it's not that marriage you are going to attract. Two things will happen. The only way to do attract in marriage is to carry the woman. And it's not now she to come to the inconvenience of not, not, not bathing. No, no, no. She goes to your co-wife, I bet you are going I'm not a girl again. I'm a woman. That's how now when you are going to do retreat, you have to go to Hepzibah Hotel three days. Condition. What spirit to grant to her? Because usually you are used to rocks and mountains. What is this TV and hotel? You need some bush. You can't do that when you are married. It's in your single life. I'm showing you a key today. And the blessing about this is that once you develop that single life well, now you can understand the purpose well. And this is what I'm coming to. The marriage and ministry. Because you see, if I've built my single life well, I'm so whole by God. I'm so full of the Holy Ghost excited. I'm, in fact, today when you are very excited as a single person, they will ask you whether you are dating. It's as if your joy is linked to a person in your life. No, it's wrong. You should be so excited. In fact, let me show you in scripture. In the scripture, Adam didn't go praying for a spouse. He was too busy, excited with God. You know Adam's work? He had rivers. Swimming pools were rivers. Four of them. And aside the four, he had trees. He had to be pruning and making sure were very nice. And all the animals were under his command. In fact, in Genesis 2, before they brought even his spouse, the Bible said they brought all the animals in the garden to see if you find the help meeting there. Do you know what it means to bring all the animals? He's not just talking of the beast, though. He's talking of even the ones on the earth. Everyone was brought close to Adam. So Adam was very busy. It was God who interrupted his busyness and said, it's not good you are alone. So until you come to the place, Mount Smaro will say in waiting and dating, when you don't need to marry, then you are ready to marry. Because you don't enter a marriage with a need, you'll be disappointed. Now, let me ask a question. So, you are entering to get happiness. Then, brother, Ocha too on the other side, without hindsight and foresight, also is entering to get happiness. So, all of us have entered with empty bowl. Who will feed who? Like, I came with an empty bowl. You two brought empty bowl. Who is going to feed who? It's like being called to a party. And in your mind, oh, in a, in a certain culture, when you come to a party, you'll bring your drink. So, in my mind, oh, they'll bring their drink because, oh, me fra but you buy them. See the Ghana for there. Uboa. Now you are coming to do a party and then four bring their own drink. If you even do a mistake and write, bring your own drink, you'll be shocked. They will come for yours in your house. So what drink? Spare drink or home. I mean present it. You will collect your drink to present in your own house. So you are all bringing empty canisters to come and collect from who? And this is the issue about their union. Also, one times one is one. Union, right? But do you know 0.5, half times 0.5 is actually 0.25. It means that when you put in union, incompletion, it's other, it adds up to further depreciation. So if you enter the marriage half, your wife also enters half, it will lead to 0.25. So I came half, she also came with half. When you unionize us, will add up to quarter. This is the thing people are entering marriages with. I can't pray enough, so I need a praying man. Eey find his presence yourself 
Because a time will come, you realize your wife is not praying, you must pray. Is it now you come to realize someone's prayer? You have to come with your own presence. The person does not know how to wake up at 8 a.m., 6 a.m. to do dumb prayer, um, 4 a.m. to do Bible reading. It's not your business. You do your waking up. You came as whole. Keep whole. So the day someone needs energy and strength, you can become a system. If you come empty, that this man will help me pray, you'll be shocked that all the leading he led you in church, he has been sleeping in the house. You also meet emptiness. Then it's like, we are becoming more stressed. Let me show you a key today. Are you here? Now, in Deuteronomy chapter 21, there's a law that is given to Levites. It's given to Levites. A whole list of things. Who can be a priest and who a priest can marry. Leviticus 21. He gives the Levite, he gives the priest, and he gives the high priest their levels to the requirements. In one of the requirements, he says that a priest must necessarily marry a virgin. Today, it would have been hard for a lot of pastors. Sorry for darling your number, but it's true. The way the word has gone. Mommy, I was telling someone one day, I said, God would have had a problem. Like God would send the angel in charge called GPS. And the angel would show up and say, God, not found. He said, ah, there's no virgin. In fact, God would have roamed. God would roam Jerusalem. He will come to Accra, Botiano, Kokrobite, Tetegu. He said, there's still no virgin. Then that's how God would say, let's reduce the age. He said, God, don't disappoint yourself. Then God said, okay, futus. We'll just choose a blood clot to be the mother. Because he will not find a virgin in our time. In our time. I'm not dialing your number, but I'm telling you something very serious. So if we're following strict Bible, some pastors won't have wives. But what he's talking about here, virginity, we just learned it from 1 Corinthians 7. A virgin has care for the things of the world. Never marry a woman as a pastor who doesn't care for spiritual things. Anyone who tells you that you are fasting too much, you are praying too much, it's too much, you are being too spiritual. E, they don't marry that woman. Ah, at this stage, you are telling me this. Ah, at this stage, that woman will tell you that quit the ministry. This church, church, church thing, we have tried that. This is the wife of Job. When your husband is in trouble for you to encourage him, you're like, curse God and die. So it's like you cry, you don't even love the man. All your love was in his money. Now that he has lost the money, say, because you are disgracing me. When I go to the market, they say, is that not your husband who saws her all over his body? So the woman was even frustrated with Joseph. He said, do you know something? Curse God and die. It will be peace for me and peace for you. A virgin careth for the things of God. This afternoon, uh, 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 my father's father and the Lord was sharing with us something very powerful. He says, you, you are called into children's ministry. And the man you are come to marry says that when I marry you, you have to relocate from Asamankese and leave the orphans and stop orphan ministry. He wants to take you to America. If you follow such a thing, you will never be happy in your life. Because purpose is a serious matter. Let me show you what purpose is. Purpose is actually the manufacturer's original intention about a thing he created. So this towel was created for my face. It's called face towel. Some of us use it to bath. Have you seen after a bath, it becomes hard. You can't use it. To... Have you noticed that when you abuse a face towel, it becomes like a hard towel. Your face can't even hold it again because it has lost all its softness. 
I did the tree, the money tree, now say, a bad day, it will be hard. We must not change anything. Ding, ding. Who did you? And you must have some people cry, cry, because you have abused it. That's not the purpose. Have you noticed? The moment you change the purpose of a thing, you change how the thing functions. It's a serious matter. Purpose is the reason why rich people can have every money in this world, but still feel empty. Purpose is the undeniable, intangible fulfillment in a man's heart. Once you are doing what God called you to do, no matter how scanty the payments, you are happy. But if you are doing what God has not called you to do, they can pay you billions. You will still be empty. Purpose is God's original intention for you. Don't violate it under any circumstance. God won't give you peace. So don't marry any person who is also going to take you out of purpose. Because if you marry such a person, life will be hard. Do you know life without purpose is an experiment? That's how you marry experimentally. Trial lock. Those balloons. Touch the number. Small balloon. You say, ah, I want a bigger one. Try again. Try, try, try. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. The priest's wife. I'm just touching on the priest's wife and I'll just end so that we open the door for um, mommy to also help with some questions. Now, the priest's wife, number two, must not be a widow. Do you know what a widow is? Now, according to the scripture where we quoted, Isaiah 54, verse 5, we also learned from um, 1 Corinthians how that he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. He that is joined to a harlot is one flesh. So, a widow is one who was once a believer. She used to go to church. She used to believe in the things of God. But situations has made her lose interest in the things of God. That's a widow, spiritually speaking. Don't joke with her. She has lost her husband. She has lost, she doesn't care about God again. They don't marry a woman like that. Stop explaining. Look, <laughs> may the Lord open your eyes. And stop making excuses that are not justified in the spirit. That, oh, he once was in church, and you know these pastors, one pastor hurt him, so he doesn't want to come to church again. So, you know, the calling on my life, I feel that uh, I want him to get closer to God. And yet you want him. You want to marry him. That's why you are forcing him to get closer. It has nothing to do with wanting him to know God. It's just because you want to marry him. That's a widow. She once was in union with God. But to the person, God is dead. God has disappointed me. I'm not talking of those who are going through a moment. You know, there are moments. I'm talking of a person who has made a validation that is even close to atheism, that they don't believe in God and this prophet, prophet, church, church thing. Beloved, if you get down that lane, oh dear, Talaba Kopayas, they'll tell you you are giving all your money to pastors. What is this? Prayer meeting, prayer meeting, prayer meeting, prayer meeting. And he's a Christian. He's a widow. That's why. This church, 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 church thing is dangerous. So I know these pastors, they are not true. Be careful. That's a widow. You are not even yet married. The person is telling that everyday church, everyday church, Charlie, Charlie, if you are going to do this church, church, that's a widow. Be careful. The person is a Christian, but it's like there's a certain level of Christianity they can't go. They don't marry. Listen, I'm saying this in terms of ministry and marriage. Let me give you another point. When you are going to marry for ministry, especially when you're in the fivefold, spiritual congruence. You must be spiritually congruent. What it means is this. If I believe in tight as prophet Adam, that my wife must also believe it. (laughs) 
I believe in giving. No, if we didn't know before, God is going to help us. But if you don't know and you are here to enter, I'm advising you now. You don't believe in tight. And you are coming to marry somebody who believes in tight. You will fight every day. Where is the money? You, that's why you'll be tightening and be hiding it. You'll be hiding. Because you don't want your husband to know where the money went. Or if you marry someone like me, one day you'll come home and the sofa is not there. Honey, where's the chest? Oh, I sold it. Hey! And if my wife does not believe in giving, do you know the things she's going to tell me? What kind of man are you? Inconsiderate. So the chest that we we'll use, that's why she doesn't want to hear my church name because she feels that the church is manipulating me. Yeah. But wicked. Or you are buying car for your pastor. Me, me. You won't buy car for me. Hey, is that how you are? Oh, what betimes are someone calls you for school fees? Jesus Christ. Have you finished paying your children's school fees? It's not every good you do. Be wise. Don't just be a good Samaritan. Be a wise. It's not every time they give. That's why you be in church and pastor will be calling. Um, if you are led to give thousands, I think you are led. You want to get up, your wife will give you a dirty pitch. If you try. Because you told me it's left with thousand two. If you try. In Tokoma, thousand, I cut two hundred. If you try. Yeah, one day I was this professor called there. He told me, he says, when they were building power, someone blessed him with a Jeep. And he said, God told him that your papa is not driving Jeep. You want to drive yours? He said, go and drop it at the altar. He said, when he was also going to drive, his wife was driving a C-class Benz. He said, God said, add your wife's own too. And the wife was not aware. So after church, he told, the wife said, ah, honey, where's the car? He said, well, in fact, he said, <laughs> he said he dropped it, so in the next day, he was using the wife's own. Then the next day, when they went to the wife's car to go say, ah, this one. So he didn't tell the wife, he just dropped the car key. He said the wife was not happy. But she, has, she knows the man she has married. That thing you did, that you are not married to somebody who is spiritually congruent with you, who believes in giving. Don't worry, someone is arguing, and I just tight, tight thing, it's a lie. It's Old Testament, it's past, it's not true. And for, if you are married, God will help you. You see, the goods you ordered has arrived. So God will give you grace to manage. You will manage the pins. And walk across and say, honey, you don't believe in tight eh? Hey! So they ask, what's the last? I, I don't pay tight. Me what you are paying. You are just, you just have grace. But if you are not yet married... And someone is around you saying, I don't believe in this tight, tight thing. I don't believe in spending all your day in church. You can see the person's status. You can see the person's post about church, about pastors, how they are thieves, how they are liars. If you joke with such a person, you will not sleep. Spiritual congruence. How can you marry somebody who doesn't believe in tongues? And you believe in tongues. How will you pray? When you start, that's how the person will just open their eyes and say, in your own house. That's how you be sneaking tiptoeing. Then your, your, your wife will open and say, Where are you going? Um, 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 I'm testing. Meanwhile, you're going to pray, but you can't tell her you're going to pray. Okay, then hurry up and come back. Then you start. Your own house. You are praying like a thief. Every two minutes. Then you are checking, she awake. Father, I destroyed. Father, open your And what betimes that you mention her name? That Father, every evil fighting this woman. Then why you? Father, every evil fighting this woman. Every demon that is fighting me. My right. You see this. He's the devil of Jesus. I have destroyed. Then you turn your back and ask, Jesus. She has heard everything you say. 
if you like, don't marry somebody spiritually congruent. As a pastor, I have to learn to go for retreat. My wife must understand this life. It's not now I'm coming to my wife, why are you going? I'm going for a retreat. And how long? Three days. And you are leaving us alone. No, no, no. Spiritual congruence. Beloved, uh, this, is, this is high level. It's not just we are all believers. There are some things in Christ. Some of us believe, some don't believe. Some don't believe in divine health. They believe in hospital. Some believe that when they pass 40, they can't give birth. And you believe that even 88, you have your twins. They don't mix this thing. Otherwise, you lie. Everything you are believing, the person will oppose it. Spiritual congruence. That's why when you find the presence of God first, it will exude in your dealings. So the person realizes that, ah, so your babe, me, my birthday, since, since my wife knows me, I've never spent my birthday before. I'm always fasting. My birthday, it's a fasting day. Since, since, they try surprise birthday party. I'm praying. I'm I'm somewhere. Because it's the day God gave birth to me. What have I done in this life to celebrate it? I have to meet my maker on the day he brought me here. Sir, am I on course? This is the day he brought me. What is going on? Yeah, that's my revelation. Please don't look at anybody who has celebrated their birthday before. It's my revelation. It's not a law. I said personally, because of my calling, God said I have to do that. So I can't marry a woman who also likes birthday parties. Now, Valentine is beautiful, but I never really got the fast of Valentine because I felt that love is not a round thing, it's a, it's a cross. That's how I felt. So we celebrate Valentine for the purpose of reshaping the minds of people concerning the day. But not because, um, you know, it's a, it's a very powerful celebration. And thanks be to God, mommy, when I married my wife, she doesn't like chocolate. So I just buy fruits. They are not an apple. What do you think? Oh, God, I don't need this. No, sisters, have mercy on us. We don't remember everything. We don't remember everything. Sometimes it's at 12, 1 in the afternoon. Jesus, it's her birthday. So when we come, hey, honey, you forgot? No, no, it's a surprise. It's a lie. It's a lie. He's now arranging the plan. He has forgotten, brother. He has forgotten. It's a, it's a surprise. No, oh boy. I've forgotten. Hmm. Beloved, <laughs> spiritual congruence is necessary. If you are being called into ministry, be careful who you marry. Because I just said to you. In fact, you know the shocking part about it. As for you, dear, yours is worse. Your, your Bible says a Levite must marry from the tribe of Levi. You can't marry outside. So we are all Israelites. But because you are a priest, you can't even marry from Judah. It must be from Levi. Because they were born in the house of priesthood. They understand service from birth. So when they marry a fellow, so sometimes many people who end up in ministry either marry women who were either raised by pastors or have parents who are pastors. I say many times. There are exceptions. They are first generation people. Amen? But many times, you check it. Either the uncle or somebody was in ministry in the house. So it, it made it easier for her to marry a pastor. Because in fact, those people got their own guys. They even say they don't marry pastors. And God is also in heaven saying that. Ah, the, pre, the Levites must marry Levi. So you, you are not designed to marry Judah. 
It's left behind you, Mary. So if you were born as a pastor's child, I'm announcing to you, your husband is designed for ministry. What do you think your training was all about? Believing God for school fees. What do you think it was all about? Being sad school fees and relying on church offering. What do you think it's all about? So that when you marry him, you understand that this is the life. Continuation. You were created for this. <laughs> you were created for this. Am I advising somebody? <laughs> All the sisters whose fathers have gone through things, you're like, I will never marry a pastor because of what they did to daddy. God is in heaven say, that's the one you marry. He said, because of the very thing you went through, you understand where my servant is going through it. So you are the best candidate. Beloved, when it comes to this, there's much to say. But I'm saying it from a biblical point. Mommy will share with us the experiences. You have to understand. You have to be very circumspect because of where you are going. How can two work together except they be agreed? We must bear the yoke of service together. How can two be yoked together if they are going different directions? You believe in full time. She believes that no, you must work. That's how one day you want to quit. Your wife will send you a text message at job. The way you've been asking me questions nowadays, I'm warning you. Never come back from work to tell me we are full time. Never. Not in your dream. Yeah, that's why I said the man has been called, but the wife too has called him. <laughs> it's a double call. The wife has sent him a text. You tried this thing. Ha, yeah, yeah. But this is the mystery. Because I didn't find purpose before finding this lady, I will be working, but I'm empty. I want to quit, but my wife. Hey. Oh, may you choose well so you can sleep well. Because the closest thing to hell on earth is a bad marriage. Because the hell is such that you can't tell much people. You guys are doing now in Africa. Once you marry, you look good in your clothes, and they have two, three babies, they are doing well. That's Africa. So even if you have three babies and they are punching you and it's on under makeup, nobody. Knows. I'm telling there are prophets who beat their wives. I'm serious about what I'm saying. You don't don't marry title. Like you, listen, this thing is charisma. It's what everybody sees and admires. One of the things, mommy, I prayed when I was single was that Father, let my beloved never see me preach. Because I know that this off altar and this mic can deceive. I said, let her see me without the mic. Because sometimes you can preach like this, the way some of you have laughed. So after service, come and greet me. Hello, prophet. How are you? I'm a comedian. Oh, it's anointing. After service, I just smile. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. That's all I know how to do. It's the mic that makes me look like this. After this, when the anointing is gone, I'm done. The woman is not going to marry a 24-hour preaching man. This is just two hours. 22 hours, I will be me. Quiet. And I mean, wow, now I remember ocean crumbs, so they are worse. It's an opposite to the one who was calling names and phone numbers. Your snoring is like apocalypse has occurred in the house. The heavens are open. And the demons are descending. Because this is how you are starting. And you just finished prophetic ministration. Man of God. 
after all that, you have not bathed for two days. Man of, and when they ask you, oh, honey, won't you bath? I didn't go anywhere. That's the anthem of men. Men, eh, men, eh, we are interested. If we don't go anywhere, there's no need to waste water. We pay the bill. We pay the bill. So we, we, we bath once a day. <laughs> I'm dialing numbers. But you said, man of God, everybody is like, man of God, man of God, man of God, man of God, man of God. So if it is not from the presence, if it's not from purpose, if it's not in knowledge and emotional development, you realize that you are all over the place in your marriage. You will feel that your husband is a fraud. He's not a fraud. Let me tell you one of the things I learned when I was growing up. The way we minister as pastors and men, oftentimes it's our wives who are the morning devotion leaders. When you hear that we do morning devotion in our house as pastors, it's not Nemeno, it's our wives. Because we, we are tired. So Monday morning, I'm me, Monday morning, I'll be honest, sometimes I'm asleep. I'm tired. Because Sunday I'm getting home tired 10. Yeah. So you hear the women in the morning, early in the morning. They will tell Kwesi, Kwesi, come and wake your daddy up. <laughs> in the morning. They will come and tell daddy, daddy, please, mommy says morning devotion. Okay, I'm coming. In the morning. And say, Kwesi, what did daddy say? He's coming. Okay, early in the morning. In the morning. Kwesi? You said that he says it's coming, eh? Then you go yourself. Then when you get there, you tap and say, Honey, please, the children are waiting for you. Honey, you know, you know. Please handle This is your ministry. Handle it. I preach to the church. You preach to the family. This is your ministry. Say you say you want to be preaching. In the morning, is your altar. Minister. He will sleep. <laughs> Yeah, so I've seen very seasoned men of God. My old father, an evangelist, many times. He's tired. So if you don't marry well, you, you think that your husband is going to leave money devotion. He's asleep. So if you're not built to do it, Billy Graham's anointing was in his wife's teaching grace. Every time he came from programs, the wife has prepared messages for him. This is what I discovered in the Bible. Then we'll do Bible discussion. Then he'll pick the points, pick the points, pick the points. And go. Beloved, let me end by saying this. God gave us women as helpers, meet to help. Meet to help means that they are not just people who help us. They are helps comparable to us. It means that when I'm going to choose a spouse, God is going to give me a woman who has capacity lined up to my grace. So I can't choose any woman. Her capacity and her helping ability must be comparable to mine. The effects might be different, but the anointings are similar. So the women are very strong. And the shocking thing about this is that the Hebrew for help meet is actually two words. Help against and help for. Help for means she will help you to achieve something. But help against means that if God is against a decision, she will also be motioned by God to say, honey, I don't agree. She is also a help against a bad decision. So if you don't marry a correct woman who is filled with the Spirit, she might lead you to darkness. 
need somebody when she picks it, like it's correct, it's from God. So, honey, I don't sense right. Let's hold on. They don't marry everybody. As a pastor, I hear a lot of pastors say that, man of God, you must like what you are seeing. It's true. But the beauty about it is that Adam saw outside before inside. He saw inside before outside, sorry. The moment you are in his presence, the moment you found purpose, God too will give you according to your heart's desire. Who is on the Lord's side? I'll help him choose the best. God helps you choose the best. You by yourself can choose good or better. But God will help you choose best. It means that you saw the outside, it was nice, and it attracted you, and you prayed, and God said, approved. You will discover in the marriage the inside you would have never known. But once you follow God, He will start showing you. Because for all you know, that your spouse is an Esther who has not yet got information from Mordecai that you were brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. So sometimes God will tell you to choose a lady. By this time, all she has is her meekness and her willingness to grow. But you, because you are pro- and that's the mistake we always do. When we are matching people and men of God, have you noticed that all true? When we see the men of God, the bishops and the archbishops, we want a commensurate expression. That the bishop's wife or the archbishop's wife should also be said, everybody lift up your hand. No. She's a wife. Not a coach, Emma. It's a wife. And their grace is, is hidden. Oh. May God open all of us eyes. May we know where we are going. So to inform who we are choosing. May you not go with a terror who will delay you or a lot who will veil your eyes. He take it away the first day and establish the second. Whoever is in your life that is limiting the expression of Esther in your life, whatever Vashti is hindering Esther from appearing, may he be lifted. God should show you. Because once you understand this truth, a lot of things will be solved. It's a yoke God has given us. Because we are bearing the yoke of the Lord, it's important who is ready to bear it with us. And let me end with this. The man of God does not preach what he has not been through. The anointing of a man of God is in what he has been through. So one Nigerian pastor said, a message is a mess through the ages. What makes me different from any other pastor is what I've been through that informs my didactic capacity from scriptures. If you've not been through what I've been through, I bet you we can hear the same message. We can look at the same Bible, but you will not see what I see. Because what you've been through makes you see what others will never see. So the blessing about ministry is individualistic stories. That's why some of the greatest vessels are the most mad and broken because they've been through things so they see well what they ought to see. So if that is the case, sir, then you realize that a member can marry so fast, but the pastor is still single, yet he's blessing marriages. 
It's like it is called the paradox of the anointing. You are blessing people to get what you need. Your minister and people buy cars and you are still taking Uber and taxi home. And unfortunately, sometimes the church has lost spiritual sense to understand that if my pastor is driving taxi, I dare not drive a car. Ah, the oil flows from the head though. Then it goes down to the beard. That's why that car will not hold because the head has not got oil. The beard can't touch it. So the blessing about ministry, blessings to ministers who bless us is let the oil be on the head so that it will trickle down to the beard. When it flows properly, then to get to the hems of the garment. There, the commanded blessing, which is life forevermore. It means that that type of blessing, when our pastor gets a car, and we all get cars because our pastor was able to drive a car. That type of blessing is the commanded blessing which is life forevermore. It means that we'll never lack cars. Because we made sure God's servant was never working. But I'm telling you this. If you're a woman you want to marry a pastor, if you're a pastor you want to marry a woman, remember this. You will be the message to the seven churches. You might be a picture of poverty. But like Paul, as poor, yet making others rich. You might be one who is going through affliction. As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. You will be a paradox of the story. If you really want to work with God well, it will start like that. You know why it starts like that? It's the breaking of the flesh. The destruction of self. So that by the time God starts, you can't claim glory. You will say, he deserves the glory. He deserves the praise. So if you are married to a man of God, and it's like your children look off, you've waited for children. Hey, is he really a pastor? He is a pastor. Let me tell you something. If he goes out of marriage, 13 girls will be pregnant. Where? It's because of his ministry that thing shows up. If he ever, I remember mommy, one pastor had a similar problem. Believed God for 10 years, no children. So he said, Charlie, it's, it's insulting to my anointing. So one secretary in the church like that, he made a mistake, slept to the head. One touch. That's the devil. Have you ever heard people say only one pair? It's it. Satan even needs half. You will, you will see. They will bring you triplets. You're like, hey, half. That's the devil. Yeah. Today we learn something in, our, in church. that so for, When you are not born again or you are in the world, you can sleep with women and have desire all the time. But when you marry, the same person you are sleeping with that you were happy, the desire leaves. You know why? It's the spirit of immorality fighting your desire. So it makes it look like this, your wife is not enough. She's not exciting. It's a lie. It's a lie. So as long as you say you marry the person, you will still have sexual desires. As long as you say you want to marry the person, it's like, so the person marries and it's like, for a month, two months, they've not touched their wife. They've lost interest. It's the devil fighting you. And you must be wise enough to destroy it. And know that, listen, I changed. Doesn't mean that my story must change. This too will pass. It's just an attempt against your flesh. So, mommy, this man now went off. Went to sleep with somebody. The lady got pregnant. You know the shocking thing? After 10 months, whilst this lady was coming to tell him that, Master, this thing we did, unfortunately, I'm pregnant. He said, ah, his ministry is under attack. What a scandal. He was thinking, how am I going to handle this? How will I tell my precious wife? What am I going to say? He got home and saw the wife 
and it made matters worse. The wife ran to him, hugging him. Honey, I'm also pregnant. It's the devil. No wonder Paul says, we are not ignorant of the devices of Satan. What am I trying to tell you today? I wanted to say this to help you. The man of God, eh, if he worked in a bank, he would have been driving a Mercedes SLK. He's not broke. It's the contradiction sometimes in the calling. He could have been a millionaire somewhere, but for the sake of the flock, God can't prosper you beyond your people. He has to bring them close. So sometimes because of your flock, you have to wait for them to get to your level so we can go together. Otherwise, the gap will be too wide. Sometimes because of members, I was preaching to the church and the man of God told me, I said, man of God, this thing I'm saying is true. Can you imagine one day a certain lady comes and she wants to commit suicide? And it was around the time he was about to do signs and wonders. And the gentleman called him at 1 a.m. The Holy Ghost was alive. The sword of the Spirit was alive. Signs and wonders about to occur. Man of God. Hello, daddy, I want to kill myself. That everything. That's where arms of flesh will really fail you. Everything deflated. The desire left. After he handled the problem after one and a half hours, the wife said, honey, are we still doing something? So, <laughs> the day is bright. It's bright and fair. We're happy. It's already gone. Now the day is over. Because a certain member called and everything wanted to do has left him. Desire. They will call you. This person having cancer. The whole night. You, you have no idea. Stay with a pastor for one night. You'll be shocked. That's your call. You call rampantly. That you think you have just called. So you can tell a man of God anything. If you knew how we feel what you feel, we will be rolling as if we are in the pain. Is he okay? How is he feeling in the hospital? Hey, how is the man feeling? In the morning, we'll call you. Is he okay? Sometimes a man of God not calling you is not because they don't care. They are, just, they are just too concerned. They don't know how to handle the matter. So the best way to have their emotions okay is to avoid you. Sometimes, no, the pastor say, I'll tell you. Sometimes you can see someone calling you and your heart, shoom, like, Jesus, has come to tell me. So, so, have you known some of you, when you call us, do you remember, do you, do, you, do, you, do you notice how we greet you? Is everything okay? Because for the past two months, every day you call us, you are giving us news. So, every, as soon as you call, hello, is everything okay? <laughs> Mommy, daddy, everybody's fine? Okay, okay, what's going on? Oh, okay, okay. The guy broke your heart. Oh, 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 oh. It's not a problem. Because in your head, you are expecting cancer. In your head, you are expecting hospitalization. So, oh, you overcome it. Don't worry. God is on your side. Okay, the Lord bless you. Is that all you wanted to say? The Lord be with you. Bye-bye. Amen. Yeah, so when they call you, you are like, Jesus. Jesus. So when they call you, start speaking in tongues. Hello. Yes, daddy. Um, how are you doing? Yes, I'm fine. Daddy, are you busy? Yes, I was praying. I was praying. Oh, okay, let me call you back. Okay, then. When you tell me, call me by me, it's not important. Nobody's dying. So sometimes, because I was praying, you'll stop. But if you are serious, hello, daddy, emergency, emergency, emergency. I need you now. Hey, what's going on? <clears throat> My wife is in labor. Do you know sometimes, pastors, we go to labor with members. They will call you. Daddy, the baby's not coming. It's been 12 hours. Daddy, please pray now. And sometimes the members forget that the only city they've given is 50 Ghana. They'll send you a text. Pray now. Pray now. Whatever you're doing, pray now. Like, stop it and stop praying. Like, 
we need prayers now. <laughs> oh, yes, we'll pick it. <laughs> you can't even eat. And the annoying ones will even send you a text. Are you praying? Are you praying? Daddy, please be praying. Things are not good over here. Please be praying. Oh, don't worry. We'll solve the problem. Now, blast here. Blast it or no? What kind of nonsense talk is that? May the Lord help us. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Oh, <laughs>